0: Ben, Christopher, uh, great speaking with you.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Can you explain the two new housing bills, uh, Senate Bill uh, 423 and SB 4, and what do they entail?
1: Sure thing. So these are both written by San Francisco State Senator Scott Weiner, who is a very prolific legislator on all issues housing related. SB 423 is a fairly complicated one, but essentially what it would do is it allows for speedier approval of certain types of housing usually uh, apartments or townhouses or sort of dense housing in urban or suburban areas um, as long as those units uh, have a certain share of that are set aside for lower income renters uh, in parts of the state that are not meeting their housing production goals set by the state which happen to be most parts of the state and so essentially for these types of projects, uh, these sort of denser urban infill projects, it allows for um, projects to to get around any kind of discretionary review. So you don't have city council hearings or planning review beer, uh, hearings, as long as the project sort of ticks the box required by the statute, then it gets automatically approved. And it's also not subject to review under uh, California Environmental Quality Act, which is a a law that often Uh, uh, stymies uh, or slows down uh, housing projects. Senate Bill 4, which you mentioned, also another Scott Wiener bill, uh, similar idea, but it just applies to 100% affordable housing on property that is owned by either religious institutions or nonprofit colleges. So this is like a church that has a, a parking lot that maybe has been vacant for a long time or underutilized and they want to build an apartment building on that parking lot. Well, this would again, allow them to circumvent any kind of discretionary review and circumvent environmental challenge. Uh, this one has gotten uh, a, a quite a bit of attention uh, just cause I, I think it's captured some people's imaginations and also because it has, it, <laughs> it goes by the fun acronym of the Yes in God's Backyard Bill, Yigby uh, which is kind of a play on NIMBY or YIMBY. Uh And so both of these bills uh, introduced by Senator Scott Weiner, passed the legislature, and were signed by the governor and went into effect on January first.
0: Are there any other uh, notable uh, housing bills proposed?
1: Oh sure, yeah. This was actually a pretty busy year on the housing front, particularly on the sort of pro-production side of things. Um, you didn't see quite as much legislation for bills that might protect uh, protect existing renters or beef up affordable housing funding or anything like that, but. In terms of this goal of trying to make it easier to build in California, there was was, was a very busy year. So I think the two that we just talked about, SB 423 and SB 4, were kind of um, got a lot of the attention. But he also had uh, legislation that sort of gives developers permission to build uh, denser and taller buildings if they set aside uh, uh, more units for middle income earners. Um, That's a potentially big one. Um, you have some that make it easier to sort of divide up large parcels of land into um, up to 10 smaller units. So sort of allowing for more dense uh, development uh, on, on sort of large tracts of empty land or, or underutilized land. And then there was sort of a whole slew of bills that were focused on making it harder for opponents of, uh, of a new housing project for whatever reason to, to uh, block or delay that project with uh, a lawsuit filed under the California Environmental Quality Act. So you have legislation that uh, makes it easier for courts to sort of slap down um, uh, CEQA lawsuits if they're deemed kind of frivolous or without merit. Um, You you had a a law that sort of shields a lot of affordable housing projects from environmental review. Uh, You have a a bill that sort of requires cities to either approve or deny uh, an environmental review rather than just kind of sit on it indefinitely. Uh, so there was sort of that theme. And then I, I should also mention, lastly, a lot of um, the sort of some of the most uh, successful housing legislation in recent years in terms of actually producing new housing has been on on the, the type of uh, uh, housing of ADUs, so accessory dwelling units, or sort of these backyard cottages or in-law units or granny flats. There's sort of lots of diff- different terms for this. There was one bill that is now uh, has gone into effect that let's, homeowners spin off an ADU as sort of a separate for sale condo as long as a local government sort of opts into that program. So that could be uh, potentially a big one as well to watch out for.
0: Do you think there is a major paradigm shift uh, on housing politics in California?
1: In in a a lot of ways I do. I don't know if it just happened. It didn't happen overnight. It's been happening sort of gradually over the last five or six years, but, but certainly I, I would say going back to 2015, 16, 17 Um, When housing prices were really starting to shoot up after the pandemic, you started to hear some people say, look, the state government needs to play a more active and assertive role in requiring local governments to to approve new housing. Um, Land use decisions have historically been left up to local governments to to deal with. And, And so you started to see this kind of conversation starting back in 2015, 2016. It was a very contentious issue. And I would say this last year, as, as the sort of glut of bills that I mentioned um, suggests, that argument is it's in some ways it's kind of over. I think even folks who are not necessarily fans of this kind of legislation, you're not hearing from them the sort of blanket argument that the state doesn't have a role to play here. Maybe they say the state needs to be a little bit more uh, thoughtful or a little bit more cautious or needs to take other considerations into effect, but I do think there has been kind of a new consensus in the legislature and also you see it in sort of the executive branches of, of the state government um, that the state needs to play a fairly muscular role in in uh, providing both providing new housing and, and ensuring that, that more housing gets built around the state.
0: How far off is California from meeting its housing needs? Oh, well,
1: it depends on who you ask. There are lots of different models coming up with sort of how you assess that need, how many new homes you would need to, to build and to, in order to get home prices to sort of stop uh, escalating at, at a certain clip or, or sort of uh, projections of demand. But basically, no matter what study you look at, the numbers are huge. The state is has is, is seen a sort of a modest uh, uptick in uh, home construction over the last few years. It's, it's sort of flatlined this last year uh, as a result of high interest rates. Uh, but no matter what model or, or estimate you look at it sort of, of of the state's shortfall of housing, we are just not we are very, very, very deep in the hole. And so I think that's a it's a good context to keep in mind, because you see all these, these bills this year and last year, and sometimes it, it, it makes you wonder, well, sort of, when are we going to be done with this conversation? And Unfortunately, I would say we're not going to be done. It took a generation to get into this mess, and it's going to probably take at least a generation to get out of it.
0: What do these new laws mean for building new housing uh, here at UC Santa Barbara? Where we're experiencing a dire housing crisis.
1: Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, there wasn't a ton this legislative cycle that focused specifically on UC or even on sort of public colleges and universities Generally, we we talked about SB 4, which sort of streamlines affordable housing on non-college profit, uh, sorry, non-profit college campuses, uh, but that does not apply to UC. I'd say the big uh, UC-related housing bill actually came um, not last year, but the year before, which um, allows for sort of this more sped up approval processes for student housing at UC, at at CSU, at uh, City College. Uh, in exchange for that sort of speedier approval process, uh, a project does have to abide by a fairly stringent list of other requirements, including really stringent green building type standards and higher labor standards. So you have to to, to use a lot of um, higher wage labor. Um, so it's not totally clear how much uh, schools and developers are going to be making use of that, but that could be something that that this that you start to see uh, at, at places like UCSB. Um, the, the other uh, bill that got a bunch of attention last year and which actually went into effect in the fall was not, it's not specifically about UC, but it was inspired by something at a UC, in this case, UC Berkeley, where a student housing project was stalled over an environmental uh, lawsuit in which the litigant uh, or the plaintiff argue that the state had not done enough to consider the noise impacts of student housing. Um, The idea being that that college students are kind of noisy and that's an environmental uh, uh, concern that needs to be mitigated. Uh, The state legislature sort of jumped up in response to that and passed a bill that removes noise made by human occupants uh, as a potential environmental harm that needs to be mitigated. So that was a sort of a UC adjacent uh, bill, Un- unclear sort of what the impact is going to be at UCSB. But uh, I guess it means that it, uh, 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 partying students don't need to, to worry that that housing built for them is going to be stopped, at least on those grounds.
0: Uh, ben, is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: As I mentioned, this has been a big year for bills that really push production of housing, uh, perhaps less so on the sort of uh, affordable funding, uh, affordable housing funding side and less so on the tenant protection side. And I would say uh, we are now going into a year in which the state government is projecting a, a fairly serious potential deficit. And so uh, we're not likely to see a ton of that um, a, a affordable housing funding in particular uh, this coming year, uh, absent any sort of uh, vote Uh, by the electorate to to provide bond funding, which uh, we're likely to see in
0: November. Uh, Thank you, Ben Christopher. Uh, With KCSB News, uh, this is Robert Stark. Thank you.